Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the game. Is it rigged and is it rigged for you or against you? Stay tuned. Hey, all back at the Bill Kasky podcast. Really glad you're here today. We're going to talk about something that I think uh, might be interesting to you. And uh, it's interesting to me, and I've seen a lot of examples of it recently. In fact, what I did was I recorded this episode, and then I went back and actually had it transcribed and studied a little bit and added to it and deleted from it. And so what you're hearing here is version two, not that you care, because you will never hear version one. It wasn't bad, but uh, but this whole idea of the system, the system, and is it rigged against you? Is it rigged for you? Or is there even a system at work? And we're going to talk about that today. First, though, if you have not gone to BillKasky.com recently, make sure you go there. If you are a high achiever, someone who earns well into the six figures, we'll just say, and you want to be a part of an ongoing mentoring and coaching group starting next year, go to BillKasky.com, very top banner. You can get on the wait list. You'll get a couple of emails. Nobody's going to chase you down in the streets or at home. We're not going to show up and knock on your door trying to get you to join it. I'm only taking 10 people, and we'll be able to fill that up pretty quickly. We're going to be doing a webinar in December talking a little bit more about it. So if you have any interest, just get on the wait list, no obligation, and we'll take care of it from there. You know, as a creator and someone who trains and coaches people and creates content like this podcast and others and video and content, I'm always looking for themes. I'm looking for common themes that run through problems to determine whether I can bring any value or not. And it used to be that I felt like I could bring value by talking about how to ask a question in a certain way and how to respond to a prospect's objection or, you know, what time should I email my prospect, 6 a.m. or 8 a.m. or when should I call and should I leave a message and how long should the message be? And we get into all those very tactical things. Not that they're not important, but as I've gotten older and perhaps a little wiser, I have decided to say, well, is that really the problem? Is it the problem that we're not improving our income and increasing geometrically our results because we're not emailing people at the right time? And of course, the answer is no. That has very little to do with it. So I'm always looking for what's a common theme. Aristotle talked about first principles. You've heard Elon Musk maybe talk about it. And first principles, the simple version of it, as I understand it, not an expert on it, but as I understand it, is you have to shave everything back to get to what's what's the real issue, what's the core issue here, and not work on things that are not the core issue. So people come to me and they say, Bill, I want to grow my business. I want to improve my income. I want to increase it. I want uh, different results. I don't want to work harder, but I want to earn more, or I want more 
uh, as we say, I want more juice from the squeeze. We didn't say that. Dan Sullivan said that. Strategic coach, I give him full credit. And I think that's really important, especially for people who are in the creator economy, which I really believe every sales professional is a creator. You create results for people. And you are creative on the way to get those results. You're creative with how you reach out to people, with what your LinkedIn videos are, with what your personal brand is. You're very creative. So what we're going to talk about today are five areas I think the game is rigged against you. And if you would understand these five things, and I'm just now starting to understand them. So this is not something that I've been preaching and coaching on for the last 30 years. This is, this is me looking deeper and discovering something that I want to share with you. Now, before we get into this, I want you to know that the rigging isn't done by some cabal in a bunker in Washington, D.C. Or, or Oslo or wherever, bunkers, wherever you have bunkers. Uh it is not an intentional thing. It is not like somebody is sitting around trying to trying to screw you over. Because I know that's that's like the man. The man is trying to get me. That's not what this is. That is not what this is. When I ca- talk about the system or the game, I'm talking about the prevailing attitude and opinion of the universe. The prevailing attitude of prospects, as my first example, the prevailing attitude of prospects is, I have the money, so therefore, I have the control of the sales process. Salesperson doesn't control the process because I have the money. Well, that's a prevailing attitude, and a lot of your customers have that attitude. They just do. Where do they get it? I don't know. Schooling, culture. I mean, how many ads have you seen for we have the lowest price? Uh, I mean, the... The idea that the customer owns the process because they have the money is everywhere. It's ubiquitous, a word that I intended to use at least three times today. So there's one. Now, I don't believe that. I don't believe the prospect has control just because they have the money. You have the solution. I like the doctor-patient relationship model better than I like the prevailing wisdom model, which is the person with the money is in control. The doctor is in control. If you go in with a broken leg or a a heart that's out of whack or whatever, your breathing's bad or your kidneys are shutting down, the doctor owns that process. You want them to own that process. You don't want the doctor to say to you, I don't know, Mr. Patient, what do you think we should do? Your heart's really in arrhythmia. No, you're like, what do you want to do? What's your solution, doc? And that's the way the buyer-seller dance should be, but the prevailing wisdom doesn't allow it to be that. I think salespeople in general have played into this too. There's one famous sales training organization whose goal, they say the salesperson's goal is to separate the prospect from their money. Well, if that's your goal, then How do you think that's going to sound to the prospect? I knew you're not going to say that, but if that's your attitude, if that's your vibe, how's that going to play? Of course, that's not going to play. Well, you're just, you're just buying into the same old crap of the person with the money is the person in control. And I believe that's wrong. I think it's wrong headed. So here's my solution to that. You have the solution to the problem the customer has, right? Right. So you should have control because your prospect will gladly 
pay you money to fix the problem they have, to implement your solution. So who owns whom here? You own the product. You don't own the prospect. You own the process. The process of understanding the problem, the process of denominating it, the process of attaching money to it, the process of explaining your value, the process of understanding the process in general. Think about the freedom that ensues when you know you have control of the process. It's invigorating. It's inspiring. I've had people in my coaching programs who on the first week we start talking about this. They're like, this changes everything. Why didn't I know about this 25 years ago? Good question. Maybe other people have bought into the system. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Isn't it amazing how often we start our sentences there? I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I'm a little suspicious of blah, blah, blah. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I'm wondering how much of our buying into the old game is is done intentionally. And again, not a cabal, just a prevailing attitude. So I want you to stop thinking of yourself as one down. You're thinking of yourself as someone equal. You're on equal footing with the prospect. They don't own you. You don't own them, but you do control the process because you have something more valuable than their money. You have the solution. Number two, the buyer-seller dynamic. It's the buyer-seller dance where traditionally the old game is you've got to convince and persuade them to do business with you, and that's an antiquated dynamic. It puts you in the one-down position all of the time. And then once you're in that one-down position in your own mind, how, how effective are you going to be to getting out of that one-down position in the market's mind? You're not. You're not. So as long as you understand that the game of the buyer-seller dynamic is rigged against you, the quicker you can say, well, I'm going to play a new game here. I'm not going to play that old game. Once you are aware of the, the rules of the game as it is being played, you now have half a chance to get out of that. And that's the whole purpose of this episode, is to get you out of that. So the new game is about changing the dynamic of the buyer-seller relationships. It does not mean that you're sitting around all day eating chocolates, waiting for someone to call you. No, you've got to go down the path. You've You've got to create content. You've got to reach out. But at some point, you have to you have to get to the other end of the spectrum where you are not trying to convince and persuade them. You are creating the environment where they are convincing and persuading you that they have a problem worth solving. They may not want to use you to fix it. That's cool. But they've got to have a problem or a goal that's worth pursuing. Number three way the system is rigged against you is this philosophy that we have been schooled on for the last, I don't know, who knows, however old you are, probably almost all your life, that results are all that matters. Results are all that matters. I don't really want to hear your excuses. I don't really want to hear uh, about your mindset or your emotional well-being. All that matters at the end of the quarter is your results. And if your results aren't there, I'm going to put you on a personal improvement plan, and we will personally improve you until the results improve or until you leave the company. Now, I know that's not, the, that's not what is said, but, but you know that's the truth. You know that when your results aren't there and you go on to the PIP, the PIP, it's just a matter of time. Sometimes you rally out of that. Most of the time, people don't. 
My question is, why are we not looking at the inputs? Why are we not looking at what's really going on that's causing the behavior to be inadequate or insufficient or the mindset to be wrong or the tactics and language to be wrong that's getting us in this position where we're not achieving at a level that we either want to achieve or that our managers want us to achieve? Why is there no attention at all to inputs? And you know why? It's because they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to think of inputs. All they can have time, all they have time for is the outputs. So here you are, maybe even a high achiever already, who wants to take your business to the next level, and they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to help you. And when I say they, I mean the they in your lives. Could be your spouse, could be your banker, could be your priest, could be your pastor, could be your I don't know, it doesn't matter. It could be your boss, obviously. But the question is, you've got to have someone in your life that's helping you with the inputs because the inputs are all, are all that matter. The outputs are just a lagging indicator. The leading indicators are your inputs. How many calls you make, how frequently you post content on LinkedIn, how you craft your emails that you send out, how you craft articles that you post on to social media, how you treat suspects and prospects in the process. All those things are input. They all matter. Now, they're not all major things, like the kind of font you use in your email. Probably not a major thing, but also it's, it's a factor. So you've got to look at these facets, these input facets, and decide what is holding me back. Am I not thinking properly? I had a client who is uh, interested in working with their team on getting them to these new high-performance measures. And I always say the first thing you need to do is figure out, how is your team thinking? How is your team thinking? Because thinking is where it all originates. How you achieve is a function of how you act, and how you act over time is a function of how you think. So thinking determines action, Action determines results, and thinking determines right action, too, not just more of the wrong action, but right action. So one thing you can do is help your people think differently. Number four area where I think the game is rigged, and again, it's the prevailing wisdom, is the company is your parent. The company that you work for is not your parent. You're in a contract or compact with that company, and uh, and if you're a company owner, Trust me, you don't want your people to think of you as the parent because that limits their beliefs and that limits their best thinking. And they don't bring their A game to the table if they feel like every time they bring an idea, it's going to be shot down because mommy or daddy doesn't like it. So you have to build your brand. Personally, you have to build your brand because at some point the parent may say, I know parents don't say this, although maybe sometimes we'd like to, hey, Get out of my house. You're not my child anymore. They can, they will fire you or they will reduce in force or whatever the clever, uh, sexy word is today at any time if things turn south. And it may have nothing to do with you. In fact, a lot of times it probably doesn't. So how are you going to build your personal brand so that you can make it through these, these areas where, you know, the, the, the food is barren, the village doesn't eat? So you've got to decide, am I going to rely on my company for my well-being or am I going to work with my company but at the same time build my personal brand so I'm protected? You should be building your personal brand so that you're protected. 
end of conversation. It should be as simple as that. Because no one is your parent. You might have gone to law school or med school because your parent wanted you to, and that's great. But at some point, you have to live your own life. I have to live my own life. I can't live it based on what my dad wanted me to do or what my what my colleagues are doing in the industry. I've got to say, dig deep down in myself and say, what do I want? And how am I going to orchestrate and conduct myself in this life that I want? Because I've only got one of them, these lives I'm talking about, and I've only got so long in it. Number five way the system is rigged against you is we have been convinced that hard work yields better income. The path to more income is harder and more work. If you just work harder, just make more calls, you want to earn 2x, you just got to work twice as hard as the next guy. You got to grind, you got to mind, you got to you got to devote yourself, you got to go all in, you got to work weekends. Now again, I don't think there's a cabal of people schooling our managers about that, but it's one of those assumptive truths that we've just we've just believed in. And it's just not true. Be the change you want to see in the world, Gandhi said. So don't don't try to go out and change the world. Just change yourself here, especially on this one. Recognize that you have been given a wonderful gift here known as the internet, known as digital communication. Let's, let's talk about digital instead of the internet because it's really more about digital. How you conduct yourself and, and promote yourself and deliver value and educate your customer base has all changed in the last 10 years. Have you changed? Or are you still doing things the old-fashioned way? convincing yourself that, well, you know, nothing happens until somebody somebody goes out and meets with somebody and has lunch and plays golf and does a physical demonstration. Uh, I got news for you. You're going to be left behind, my friend. I don't want to see that. You've got to embrace digitalization. You've got to embrace transforming yourself digitally so that you don't have to buy into this belief that more income, you only get there through hard work. So when I say to you, post more videos on LinkedIn or start a podcast or begin a YouTube channel. I'm not doing it because I get paid for that. I don't really care whether you do it or not. What I'm saying to you is that you've got to figure out a way to not work harder and generate the same kind of revenue or income. And if you want to work harder, I'm not opposed to that, but work harder doing the things that are going to leverage you and digital can leverage you start a podcast, start a YouTube channel, Post more on LinkedIn. Get digital. Start to think of yourself as a digital brand. And that will help you earn the same or more income with less work. Because you're not going to be driving all over the countryside, calling on people one at a time. One to many is something we've been hearing about for years. And yet we still resist it, don't we? We still resist it. I've got a client right now in one of my high achiever groups uh, that is still resisting posting videos on LinkedIn. And they've got something really valuable to say. Really valuable. I mean, like, studly valuable. They've got some good stuff. Still afraid. Why? Because they've bought into the hard work is the thing that's going to yield more income. So I hope this has helped you to think through some of these areas where the system might be rigged against you. I make this contention again. This is not about people trying to get you to fail. 
this whole idea of who's waiting to you to fail. I don't think people are waiting for you to fail. But I want you to succeed wildly. That's the difference. And I know that if you change the game, everything changes around you. Just decide you're not going to play that game anymore. And I've given you five ideas here of how you can get out of that game. I hope that helps you. Once again, if you want to uh, check out our high achievement program next year when we start, we're taking applications here. So go to BillKasky.com, top banner, get on the wait list. I'll talk to you next week.